Back at the Advanced Selling Podcast, Bill Kasky. Brian Neal taking a sip of my water. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I infringed there. We're sharing. I, no, it's no big deal. I, I did run and get big, you happy one. place. Clean you one. did. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So my ST, STDs would go no we're further. Straight. No, we're, I think we're good. At least till the next checkup. <laughs> okay, good. good. Here we go. Good. Well, I was. Uh, I thought about you the other day. Saturday, I went to a, a lacrosse game. Okay. Uh, my neighbor girl, uh, family, her their daughter plays for the high school team, and she's a senior, and she's on lacrosse. And so this uh, was the final state championship here in Indiana. Oh yeah. Right. And I'm not really a lacrosse guy. I mean, I'm more of a traditional sport, basketball, football. But I'd always wanted to go to a lacrosse game because it gets a lot of press, and it it's does. supposed to be really exciting. I really I've, like watching. Lacrosse. Yeah, I, I've watched Very it on fun. TV a few times. So. I went not knowing anything about the game, yeah. And the um, so I, I'm sitting there in the in the stands. Ba- basically, parents and siblings are there. Not it's not a big fan sport yet, here, at least here in Indiana. And uh, the announcer, the referee, called something. Yeah. Called an infraction, and the PA yeah. announcer says that is uh, interfering with the sphere, uh, <laughs> eight yard, whatever. So uh, I said to the guy next to me, who who was a parent, yeah. I said, hey, uh, I- I'm fairly new to this. What is um, what does it mean I- interfering with the sphere? <laughs> and he goes, well, um, I don't really know. <laughs> and I said, okay, that's no problem, because I thought maybe it's a weird call. And so, yeah. so the guy on my right, the next call happened, and I didn't understand that either. And I said to him, I said, what does that, what does that mean? I'm fairly new to lacrosse. He goes, you know, I'm not really sure about that call. <laughs> well, it turns out nobody knows anything about lacrosse. Obviously. Even the, not I mean, even the moms the parents, and dads that go. No, heck no. no. Not I mean, even I'm the referee. Sure, I think he's I'm making sure it kids, up. Well, and so then, uh, the, the, then it started to make sense because at the very beginning of the game, yeah. the PA announcer says, and this is where you know officiating comes in, says, uh, we are very privileged to have with us officiating tonight a man by the name of whatever, Bob Smith, yeah. who just finished his national accreditation, and he's the only high school lacrosse official in Indiana to have that accreditation oh, or certification. Good. So he kind of steps forward and yeah. steps out and waves to the crowd. Everybody that's waves. Nice. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But then the first two minutes of the game, I swear to God, he must have blown the whistle 12 <laughs> times. <laughs> He's, he was showing his true colors, <laughs> wasn't he? Yeah. He just got out of class. So then I, I realized probably what it takes to be accredited is you blow that damn whistle. Like, that's, that's, that's all the way it is. is yeah, and, yeah, it shouldn't be that way. No, we should, we should not be waving to the crowd, number one. <laughs> I've got a story about that way. <laughs> For another day. Well, what was is interesting kind of is, and then I'm, I'm watching him and his two colleagues. There's three officials in lacrosse, and his two colleagues. He was like six five, buff, tan, middle age. I mean, he just, you know, he had all the motions. And his two colleagues were at least fifty five year old women yeah. who were a little overweight, not there. a little tubby, yeah, not, just there. Not, not ready. And so I'm thinking, well, that's part of, part Oopsie of his days. strategy. Is, that his looks better than not hurt. Anyway, funny. Uh, we have an event coming up. If you've not signed yeah, we up, do. we are having our live first live coaching event this Friday. It's this Friday, isn't it? Yes, it is. I'm excited. And Noon. there's been a thread going on the LinkedIn group about think it overs, correct? Yeah. Lots of people asking questions about that. We are going to tackle that exact thing on Friday. If you'll join us, uh, go to the website, advancedsellingpodcast.com. You can register there. We'll take other questions. We are going to tackle, though, how to handle it. How to handle the think it over. Yes. We're going to give some context and some strategies to uh, both prevent that and to fix it once it does happen. It's probably one of the most popular threads, I would say, on the LinkedIn group. I would say group. so. By the yeah. way, if you're not on the LinkedIn group, make sure you go join uh, the Advanced Selling Podcast LinkedIn group. But lot, lots of this think it over. And there's a lot of different 
um, perspectives on it, some which Loads. I feel are, are good and some I feel maybe not so good. But the idea is that people are struggling with that. They so, are. So we're going to talk yeah. about that on Friday. And uh, we'd love to have you join us. Go uh, to the com website. Yeah. And uh, it's all there. Sign up. It's all, it's there. all there. Yep. See you. Talk to you on Friday. So uh, topic today. Yeah. This just popped up. I've been, uh, as we do sometimes, we get asked to help our clients in the purchasing process. Maybe they're looking at bringing in a marketing company or different elements, uh, a CRM system, and they want our advice because we consult and advise them and they want our advice on what they should do. So we are uh, suddenly find ourselves in the midst of a sales process, but on the buying side. Yep. And as business owners, this occasionally pops in. So I asked myself the question the other day as I was observing a couple of people go through a sales process, what have I learned or observed as a buyer, as a business-to-business buyer, that I could share with our Advanced Selling Podcast listeners, mm-hmm. both good and bad? So mm-hmm. I made a list here of a few good things and a few bad things that I've recently observed. I think you've got a list over there I too, do. don't you, Bill? Good. I do. So we're going to share these with you. These are, again, just our perspectives as buyers. And I think but there's really good learning here to think about yeah. your own sales life and go, man, do I, do I do that? Do I not do that? Do I avoid that, violate that, whatever that is? So Yeah, it's good. good. You want me to start with a good one? Yeah, why don't you start? You've got a good one. Let me start with a good one. I'll yeah. start with a positive I'll... one instead of a negative one. Good. So uh, th- this just happened to me, and I thought this guy did just a brilliant job with this step of the process. We were supposed to get a quote. And, of course, we said, well, you can just email the quote over. He says, you know, I, I prefer to walk you through it. Could we just look at a time to schedule? So we scheduled a time, me and my two clients and him, and we did the go-to-meeting thing. And as we started to look at the solution he was providing, when he got to the money part, we had in our mind, I, I'll tell you what I had. I had in my mind that his solution was going to be 5000 a month. And I'd be like, that, that's reasonable. Well, when he first pulled his spreadsheet up in his proposal, guess what the number was? a month. Mm -hmm. And I thought, dear God. Mm -hmm. And my client's like, no way. That's big. We started to talk about it. So he started to to change. He said, well, we could tweak and modify this. And we got it down to a place where we got a really nice return and a great ROI at $7,500 a month. Mm -hmm. What I learned from that is if he would have emailed that over at $19,000 a month, it would have been out the door, no questions asked. Because he showed up live and was able to craft the proposal with us along with us and facilitate that co-create he ended up co-create he ended up getting a bigger sale than i would have signed up for uh, before we started yeah and that wasn't just about him dropping artificially inflating the 19 to drop it was it was it was his gold package or or whatever double silver double gold totally yeah Yep, and, and we co-created with it. It was really, really good. So yeah. there you go. Facilitate the options, co-create, and try not to send proposals over via email. Definitely. Try to walk people through them if yeah. you can. And so this, he wasn't in town, so he did it on the web. He actually so was in town, but he did it on the web, web anyway. Yeah. yeah, it was great. It was really good. Very good. Really good. Well, I had a, a similar kind of thing. Well, actually, it's not at all. But um, <laughs> It sounded good. It, it was a positive experience. And I, I do a lot of outsourcing on Elance, and we were... I'm giving a talk here in a, a few weeks, and I wanted to have a, a little brochure, a little, actually just a one-pager. And so I asked Travis, our uh, marketing person, to send it out to Elance. Elance is a freelance, yeah. uh, elance.com. If you're great, looking for virtual assistance or design or copywriting or web, it's really good. The problem is that you can get so many bids back that it becomes confusing. Yes. And so we had 30 bids back for this little one-page thing. And but there was one guy, he was one of the last guys that came through. His name was Bimal. He Bimal. was probably from New Delhi or from India or Pakistan or somewhere. He went ahead and designed it oh. and sent it to us and said, here, if you like this, you can pay me. If you don't, good luck. You can use wow. it somewhere else. Now, his price was really low. It was the lowest price. Probably at some point he said, you know what? It's going to be easier for me to design it 
and send it over than it is to answer the bid and yeah, do all right. that stuff. Right. And it was an awesome design. And so we just bought it. Interesting. And and so this is not about free consulting because one one thing you could say to that as well, that's he's kind of giving it away. Well, he, he may be, but his initi- the initiative that he took tells me a lot about the future projects that we're going to use him for. Yeah, and no doubt. his initiative spoke a lot about who he is as a person and, yeah. and a vendor. And when you look at it, to me, it's a it's a utilization of his time. To your point, he could have spent if it if it took him an hour to answer the questions or an hour to do a sample design, why not go ahead and spend exactly. you're gonna spend an hour either exactly. way, right? Why not spend an hour doing the design and let you say yes or no to yeah. it? Yeah. And then yeah. when you do, you see all these other things that come along with it. Yeah, oh, that's really, really good. That's good. Totally. Um, that was my good yeah. experience. Here's another uh, one more good mm-hmm. one here is um, don't be afraid to talk about money. It's amazing how squeamish salespeople are when it comes to talking about finances. And I really, really admire and respect when salespeople, and this happened in a couple of these instances I just talked about in the last couple of weeks with me and my clients, when they just put it out there and talk about it. Let's look at some ranges and talk about things because we just want to make sure that we're in the ballpark and we're thinking about it economically the right way, looking at ROI, uh, asking really good questions about return. How much is a client worth? What is a new sale for doing a marketing program? Yeah. What's a new sale worth? What's a lifetime? They're, the good ones were asking us all these questions. The bad ones didn't mention a word about the pricing until they emailed their proposal yeah. or yeah. see previous answer. Yeah. So that's a really good thing. Don't be afraid to talk about the cache. You're really helping. It's not like you're doing any favors by not. No. I mean, I mean you're really doing no favors by avoiding the conversation. You want to have it in a way like like your first example did, where you can now talk about it and discuss it. Yeah. And the heartburn of the high price goes away when you start collaborating and talking about that. Totally does. Issues. And it gives you a chance to co-create, too, if you don't like. It's like, gosh, we really that's like right. you, but boy, that's a lot. Cause there, can we look at a different structure yeah. or something yeah. like that? Uh, I had one more that actually didn't happen to me, but um, it was something that I coached a, a person on the phone today. Actually, yeah. is they are they are selling a um, product to middle fifty age range, and so yep. and they're selling kind of a technology product. And I said, you know, a lot of times when folks like me get into their fifties, the ability to understand technology goes down uh-huh. because it's so you know we talk about the cloud and the this and the that and it becomes very difficult. And so I said. Why don't you just draw a picture of the value? Figure out a way to draw the picture of the value. Then mm. when you're sitting down with them, you can say, look, sometimes technology is confusing. Mm. Um, but we've decided that we've, we want to uh, illustrate this, and so we've done it in this way. And that kind of is back to that idea of make it easy to buy. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Make it easy to buy. And really make good. it easy, first off, to understand and then to buy. And I think sometimes we rely on verbal, our verbal skills to yeah. tell a story and we have to rely on our drawing skills and illustration skills if we're going to expect people to say, oh, man, I want that. That's cool. It's brilliant. Do you use Uber? Uber? The app Uber? I have not, no. You should absolutely look into the really? app Uber. Yeah, people that'll be in, uh, they're mostly in larger cities in the United States. They're heading over to Europe. But it, it's basically a black car service on demand. So oh, you get a black car on yeah, demand. I have heard of it. What's yeah. brilliant about it is it shows these little black cars on the map driving around. And when you summons your, summon yours, you can see him driving. You visual. can watch him go down the road. And so I can see him. I'm like, oh, here he comes. Look, he's turning left on college. Look, he, I'm so looking. Here he comes. It's, like it's a, a map. Okay. It's real time. Yeah. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, there he is. And I start waving at him, and he's looking at me. It's all visual. I was watching all you. All visual. I see you. But visual, is it's where it's, it's at today. It's so where it's at. Preposition. Kind of paint a picture. Beautiful. A preposition. Something up uh, which I will not put. Wonderful. <laughs> okay, here's a couple of downstrokes. Okay, I got one, too. Um, the first one is having, having an answer for everything. 
I was in a sales call with a salesperson who was uh, young, very aggressive, clearly very smart, very articulate, who had an immediate answer for every question asked. Now, there, what I think people need to understand as, as a sales in the sales role, you may know the answer really well. If you spew the answer out immediately when the prospect finishes asking the question, it appears as if you're not thinking about it. And I think that starts to make people think, is he even thinking about yeah. my question? So even if you know the answer and it's easy, and I'm sure a lot of you do know the answers to the questions you get asked because you get asked them all the time, spend a moment just to take it in and pause and think a little bit because I found it really rubbed everyone the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And I think he was trying to show and demonstrate expertise and it sort of blew up on him based on more the language and communication than the actual answer itself, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think what happens is you, I mean, first off, are you really answering the, the, the best question? I mean, yeah. so I ask you a question. If you just answer it, what if well, that wasn't the real that's question? Right. And we've talked about that yeah, a lot. that's good. But you'll never get to that if you just answer it. Uh, you'll get to the next question, which never you never get the first answer. Yeah. I had a, um, a vendor who sold us a temporary person here for uh, a few months this year. Yep. And... Uh, he he called about a month into the uh, to the engagement and said, "Hey, just want to take you to lunch and see how the person's doing." I thought, "Yeah, that's pretty nice." Yeah, it's good. So we went to lunch and we were talking, and he said, "Do you have any um, ideas for me?" And I said, "Well, one thing that I would do if I were you is when you first start working with someone, you should have a, a questionnaire or something that you go through so that you understand the state of the business, the context, what they're trying to accomplish, yeah, because yeah, yeah. in the temp business." you may realize that this person's not going to get one temp, they're going to get 100 or, yeah, or sure. five. Yeah. And then that might help you, won't help you price it, but it might help you understand how much how much service do I really give this person. Yeah. He goes, you know what, that's a great idea. I said, well, nobody really did it to me um, when I first started with you, but he goes, oh, it's a good idea. And that was it. That was it. <laughs> and so <laughs> then so we had the rest. What I, else would you say? Or so, what should I ask you? Or what, Well, what we had lunch, yeah. and he never asked me any questions. And I thought, and he never called back again. And you I, I let that person questions. go, yeah. not because of that, but yeah. but there was no understanding about the bigger picture. And this <sighs> is a person who, <laughs> this is a person who, I actually coached. But back to my deal: if, if people aren't yeah. paying you money, they're really not interested <laughs> in your advice. Oh, it's very interesting. <clears throat> very interesting. So anyway, so if somebody coaches you on something, at least at least give them the idea that you're hearing. Some people just stop. Yeah, they just yeah. stop right there. And so. they may be podcast listeners. I do I have know. any time for one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Just one more. Last one. This is something, don't do this. We've talked about this before over and over. But I had someone do it again, and just every time it occurs, it's just cringe, is don't don't fake rapport build. Oh, don't, yeah. don't come in and just start slinging how was the weekend questions and this and hey. oh did you go to the race hey hey did you go to the race yeah what'd you think yeah great race huh i'm like have you ever seen a race like do you really like indycar can you name four drivers right do you know uh, anything at all about it so uh, i i it's an indy we're in indianapolis so it's an indy 500 callback just be careful with that if yeah. you're sincerely interested and you're a race fan and you want to talk about that that's wonderful but don't just say did you go to the race because you don't have anything else to ask don't fake report. I might have said this before, but it but at lunch today, JJ and I were at lunch. We have a new intern that started, JJ, JJ Holtfeder, who happens JJ, to be yeah, a friend. I, know, I think I know his mom's mom, a friend. Yeah. Yeah. But the the server came over, and, and after she served us, she goes, hey, is everything awesome? <laughs> and, and I've heard that before. That's not the first time. But I think if you're a server and you really want a true answer, don't yeah, ask that don't question. Don't ask that question. Say, how are we doing? Is everything yeah. okay? How does it taste? Yeah. What problems? The, we good? Yeah. Is everything awesome? And my answer is, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. 
And you don't uh, except for that question, right? I don't like the, the yeah. awesome, but yeah, the over rapporting and the kind of everything's positive and oh, if we can just get the if we can get the customer shaking their head yes, then that's going to be the end result. It's so. like they get, you seen the movie Office Space. I have the movie Office Space. Remember the the waiter, the surfer who who was like it was like a callback to the TGA oh, Fridays God. days where they wore the. The uh, suspenders, suspenders with yeah. all the things. He's like, "Yeah, cool, okay, great, everything good, 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 great, okay, yeah, good, thanks, good, good, everything, everything awesome, good, great." Like they don't even wait for your answer. <laughs> exactly. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't be that guy. Uh, we'll have funny. to get that thumbnail. Get a picture of that guy <laughs> the for this Friday's one. So. Guy, yeah. Okay, uh, come and join yeah. us on Friday, please. Yes. By all means, we're going to talk about the Think It Over thing. We're going to talk about a few of your other questions. Be happy to have you on that um, first ever live coaching event. That's this Friday. Go to the website advancedsellingpodcast.com and sign up. Best money you'll ever spend, guaranteed. And if you're listening to this subsequent to Friday, June the 6th, you can go to Advanced Selling Podcast and probably purchase a copy of that uh, Q&A session. We so. think that might be an option. It Maybe. might be. But we'd rather have you live. It's more fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'll see you on Friday. Yeah. Talk to you then. See you. Bye.